With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA. Today's guest is Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold and from his podcast, which is now on the same podcast network as us, called Drinks with Johnny. That's where he sits down with people that, you know, you might be familiar with, such as No Effects and Offspring and Pennywise and our mutual friend Blasco, who played in Cryptic Slaughter and Ozzy and Rob Zombie and lots of other bands. So if you like this show, you will probably like his show as well. You can check that out at the link in the show notes. As you know, I'm a big fan of Revenge Sevenfold, but I also like his show a lot. I've watched and listened to quite a few of them since he started a couple years ago. So I was very excited to get the chance to sit down with him and ask him about like why he does the show, like what he's learned from it. We get into some tips for any of you who want to do interviews. He is a media pro and we kind of got the chance to pick his brain about what the difference between a good and bad interview is, stuff like that. So this one was a big one for me. Very excited to finally get him on the show. Hopefully you enjoy it as much as I do. Before we get into it, I wanted to mention a few ways that you could help us out if you were so inclined. Number one is to share it on social media. That really helps us a lot. Or to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps a lot as well. Or if you really, really like us, you can support us on Patreon. Patrons get access to every show a week early. There's a members-only private Discord server that I'm in all the time and has become like super active lately, which is really cool. I do patron-only Q&As where I'm able to give like more in-depth answers than I could uh, in a DM or in one of my YouTube comments videos. There's a way to have me review your music or podcast or video or anything else that you might want to get my eyes or ears on. So if that sounds cool to you, check it out. I have been putting extra energy into the Patreon lately because I really am excited about that as a community. So if you want to support us over there, there's a link to that in the show notes. Before we get into that, let's do a little bit of Q&A from a user whose name is A-D-I-T-Y-A-V period underscore. I don't know how to say that. Why did you stop making the How Did They Get So Big series? Well, I haven't really like stopped making it. I probably will make another one of those videos, but the reason I haven't done one in a while is because they actually don't really do as well as you might think. Some of them have done pretty well, like the Pantera one is the last one I did, and that did well, Um, but a lot of them, they just kind of do sort of okay. They did well for me at the beginning of my channel. Like the Bring Me the Horizon one I I did is probably the thing that made my channel take off in the first place. But I don't know if my channel has just grown in a different way or if people don't care about that kind of content anymore. I don't know, but they just kind of don't perform that well. I think maybe what it is is that they're positive. And, you know, for the most part, people seem to like negative content better. I've talked about this before, negativity bias. You know, our brain is hardwired to pay more attention to negative content than positive content. That might be part of it. Or it could be that, you know, maybe a lot of these bigger artists, people have just heard about it so much that it's not that interesting to them. You know, for example, what is there to say about Nirvana that hasn't already been said a million times before, right? You know, like when I did Bring Me the Horizon, that that was when really not that many people, had t- this is 2017, so really not that many people had talked about them at that point. I mean, obviously they were popular, but not not like they are now. So, 
you know, maybe and a day to remember, same thing. So maybe I'm choosing the wrong artists. Maybe I need to find that sort of sweet spot of artists that haven't been discussed to death, but have had a big enough career to warrant uh, that kind of coverage. I don't know, but uh, I definitely would like to do some of them. I want to do a Linkin Park one, I think. Um, but as of now, you know, they've just kind of underperformed. So it's not a priority for me, but I probably will bring them back at one point or another. And with that out of the way, let's get into this episode. Johnny, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Hey, thanks for having me, Finn. Good morning. Where are you? Where are you fr- out of right now? I'm in Seattle. Seattle. Awesome. I love Seattle. I love yeah. love spending time up there. You know, it's gotten a lot nicer over the past, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years or so. So it's almost like Orange County now, but with different weather. So I'm okay <laughs> with that. You mean actual weather? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Orange County with seasons and that isn't like a barren fallout wasteland after you get 100 yards inland. <laughs> I love yeah, Orange I mean, County, but you know, no, of course, of course. Well, I'm on the I'm on the beach side of everything. I'm born and raised here in Huntington Beach, so that's where that's where I still reside. That's where we're filming at right now. Is in is in my uh, my bar and bonus room. So. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the bar and bonus room since we're now podcast network mates. We're label mates, I guess. That's right, man. Yeah. Welcome aboard. Thank you. So you've been doing this for what? Probably almost two years now. Yeah, I guess it's coming up on two years next month. It's funny, though, because when I think about two years ago, we started the thing more as a, a web series for the Avenged Sevenfold YouTube channel. It's a lot of, you know, five to 15 to 20 minute videos. And uh, I quickly kind of steered away from that. We didn't really have consistency or anything. It was just eh, when I feel like doing one, I'll, I'll, I'll have some friends come over and we'll have some drinks and have a conversation. My uh, director and a graphic designer was like, Hey, dude, you should do podcasting. And I had no idea what podcasting was at the time. I mean, I knew the, I knew what it was, but not really, you know, I was like, Oh, I've heard of it. Of course I'd heard of Joe Rogan experience as everyone has, even if you don't listen to podcasts, you know, that podcast. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I started listening to some podcasts, started getting into it. I was like, you know what, this is actually really cool. This could be a lot more fun to take a deeper dive into these conversations with people. Like, sure, we might break the ice with some drinks now and then, but it's not the main focus as it was. So, I mean, yeah, it's been two years, but I I truly feel it was like this time last year when we really started to focus in on what the show has become. We kind of let it evolve into what it is now. And I mean, just season two started last February. So February of 2020. And that's when we first started uh, making sure we had content every single week it was the very first time it was a a strange concept to me and then i was like i was like oh that's what you're supposed to do well you know band guys and consistency typically don't go hand in hand (laughs) no 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 especially bass players so right right you've experimented quite a bit i mean i remember seeing the first ones on the events channel and you know i've you've done some stuff that's kind of along those lines you've done some pure audio stuff like looking at the youtube channel it's pretty impressive. You know, a lot of a lot of band guys kind of do some crappy podcast and phoning in and you can tell they're kind of giving it 30 percent and stuff. But it seems like you've really, you know, taken a liking to this and really kind of explored it a lot more than most people would. Oh, well, thank you for saying so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I try not to half ass anything that I'm going to do, A. And B, it was like I said, I had the advantage of starting it kind of as a YouTube series. So we already had that video element, that that idea that we were like, let's make this look right. You know, like that's what it's supposed to be. So uh, we kind of already had that and then building it into the podcasting and its own thing when we created its own YouTube channel and its own outlets. Yeah, it was really just about I was having so much fun with it that like, and I hope it comes off that I'm I'm genuinely like loving talking to these people. And it's like been such a great outlet for me, especially what's been going on over the last year. It was a blessing in disguise. I didn't know that I was going to really need that. You know, I'm a big extrovert. So I didn't know right. that I was going to be missing that for an entire year. And it really helped me through it. And the other thing is just, man, like, as I said, I'm just having so much fun with it why not do it the way that I, that I want to do it? You know, like uh, it's not just a conversation. Sometimes we'll play a game. Sometimes I'll, uh, it'll be a drinking game or penalties or whatever the fuck I feel like I want to do with that episode I get to do and then talk to the, to some guest about it. You know, like sometimes they come on and they don't actually know that I'm like, Hey, do you, are you down to play this game? And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, yep. 
we're going. <laughs> there we go. Well, you're very good at being like an actual host. You know, like it seems like you really enjoy playing that bartender. You know, people are going to be listening to this, not watching it, so they can't see. But mm -hmm. you have a bar behind you with like a neon sign that says Johnny on it and everything. It seems like you really enjoy playing that kind of role. I do. Uh, I've actually... Over the years with me and my wife, actually, we were both like very into hosting parties. Um, that's kind of what we do. It, it's known in our circle of friends. We have a gigantic Halloween party every year uh, where we get like last year. Well, the last year that we were able to do it, not this past year. We had like a Taco Bell food truck out front. I didn't know that existed. It doesn't, but we we have a corp, we have a corporate <laughs> friend, so it's a corporate truck. I see. So we put we pull out all the stops for a lot of hosting. So this is what happens when you become a rock star. You get to pull some strings <laughs> and have Taco Bell come to your house. Funny enough, it wasn't even a connection through the band or anything like that. It's literally my my sister in law's best friend works at, at Taco Bell corporate. And that was just like, a, it was a weird happenstance. So you called in a favor and had the Taco Bell Halloween party. Exactly. So, I mean, going back to the hosting part, we've always been really into that since, since we had the ability to, um, since we got our first house and uh, had, a, had enough space to start hosting. We kind of do that all the time. We even have our, amongst uh, a group of our friends, we call it uh, second Saturdays uh, before the pandemic. And we'd have everyone uh, come and do like a potluck every second Saturday of every month it's just open house and we just enjoy like setting up and bringing out drinks for everyone and letting everyone have a good time. And yeah. And that, that's what really helps me out. Like I, I enjoy that. I enjoy being the host of a party. Well, it definitely comes through. I typically don't really enjoy watching that kind of stuff, but you have such a fun time with it that I really, I really like those. And hopefully you'll be going back to at least some of that once you're able to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely in the works. There's a lot of ideas. It's just some, some of them are harder to come up with to kind of get away from the normal conversation when you're on something like this, like a Zoom yeah. call or something, you know, we've been able to do a couple of things. Like when we had uh, John Feldy on, uh, John Feldman, the producer, call him Feldy. But uh, yeah, he's, he was on the show and we had some of his friends that are mutual friends come on and do the, uh, a kind of a, this was your life game show kind of thing and that's where we met joe maganello who came on the show later to promote his his movie arch enemy that came out last december so i mean in that there's there's definitely ideas to pull off uh virtually a lot of it's just been like making drinks with people virtually which i think is fun uh at the very beginning of the pandemic i had uh thor birch on live and we we were talking i was like leading up to it texting back and forth i'm like what ingredients do you have in your house? Cause this was like really early in it. Like when right. no one was like going to the store, even, you know, they were like, right. if you're going to go to the store, go as fast as you can get the bare essentials. I hold your like, breath. Yeah. Hold your breath. All this was going on, all that madness. And so I wanted to make a drink with her, but I was like, I don't want to make you go to the store. So what do you have around the house? She labeled it. She named a couple of things. And one of it was vodka and an onion. And I was like, what can I do with vodka and an onion? So we tried to figure it out and we made a Bloody Mary out of it. it actually turned out pretty good, but it was just fun. That was one of the things we were able to do virtually that I've been able to have fun with. And sometimes people want to do that. Sometimes they're just like, oh, just keep it straight. And I'm good with that too. A lot of the reason why I started this show in the first place as a podcast from the web series was I realized being on the other side of these interviews for so many years, like two decades, over two decades now, it gets monotonous, man. You're answering, yeah. you're answering the same fucking questions all the time. And it's not fun for me and it's not fun for the interviewer. I could see it in their eyes. They don't, they don't enjoy. This is what the magazine or the newspaper or the column or the dot com or whatever. This is the information they want you to go after. I, get, I understand it. But I'm going to give you the same answer in a different way every time. Like, it's just, that's just how it's going to go. Because that's your job. Yeah, exactly. So we're just going to be a stalemate staring at each other, answering the same stuff. So I, I, I've gotten over that. I've done that a lot. And um, I wanted to make this show something where uh, the guest could come on, speak freely, not worry about a damn thing. I always send my audio to them in case they go, ooh, I wish I answered that differently or said something different, differently there. Um, just because, and it's not because of, of any other reason other than I've been on that side. And, yeah. I know, and I know how it's, how it's like, and I'd rather you just be comfortable and we could have a real conversation and we'll get, we'll get deeper stuff out of it that way. Like we don't need to sit here and I don't need to be a journalist fucking trying to get you to give me a headline or something stupid like that. Well, it sucks that there's almost like almost an adversarial relationship now between the media and the people they cover. I don't think it needs to be that way. I don't know if you've seen any of my videos, but if I talk about somebody in a video, I try to at least reach out to them and ask them, like, hey, here's what I'm going to say. Did I get this right? Like, mm -hmm. 
not not that I'm going I'm going to have an opinion, but I at least want to make sure I have the facts right. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure you've read tons of things about your band and yourself where you're like, that's totally not what happened. You could have just asked us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny enough. I just had Fat Mike on the season three opener. He's He mentioned something about that too. It was his bass playing uh, guitar magazine years ago said, you know, how they thought he was playing the part in The Decline. And he's like, they could have just asked me. And I was like, right. <laughs> and they got it wrong. So it was, yeah. it was but no, that shit happens all the time. And I, I I did watch a couple of your videos and one of them I, I really appreciated was why Avenge Sevenfold got big. I watched yeah. that, that whole video and there, there was a lot of, I mean, you were pretty dead on about a lot of the stuff in there, uh, but as it goes and rightfully so, there's a couple of things that are a little bit more like, I think this is why they were, why they yeah. were going for that. And I want to be clear that that's that I'm speculating on those things. Exactly. And you're and you are clear about that. That's what I like too. when other people sometimes say something without the preface that they're just kind of guessing. And then someone else just naturally will take it at face value and start right. running with it. And that's the part of, of media that I don't like. And back to, the, to my show, the other part of making sure that they feel comfortable I want this show to be for the guest. I'm, I'm putting over the guest. I want you to come on my show, have fun, talk about whatever the fuck you want. You want to talk about your new release? Let's talk about your new release. You want to talk about your old release? You want to, I don't know, talk about anything under the sun. That's what, that's, that's what this show is here for. And I hope to make it a bigger platform and a more comfortable platform for all artists and all people of different walks of life. I mean, I, I really want to talk to some, some of like these professional bowlers because I'm interested in it. Like, how did you like wake up one day and you know, go down to these, these bowling alleys that I've been to, at least in Orange County, they're not the nicest places in the world. And you you just decided to go down there and spend your hours a day working on this, on this, on this sport, you know, what makes a 17 year old hang out at a bowling alley in garden Grove. Yeah, totally. Like all day. I I mean, I went to the moment to my fair share of bowling alleys, but not all day. Yeah. Not, (laughs) not six hours a day, seven days a week. No, I mean, yeah, I, I just like, I just like to know what makes people tick. And I almost enjoy talking more to people that I don't know anything about their work. Like if I'm at a party and I meet someone that's like a bricklayer or something, I just love to hear about what they do because I don't know anything about bricklaying. Exactly. I, I, I'm so like-minded in that. That's exactly what I, how I feel about everything is I want to, I know next to nothing. My favorite conversations I've had, I've, been, I've only been doing this for a short time in this, in this facet, um, have been with people like this Instagram model that was on. I had nothing, I had zero idea about her. My producer was like, hey, I think you should talk to her. I think it'd be a really fun chat. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk to her about, man. I have no idea. And then I did it anyway. I was just like, all right, let's go for it. And then it's one of our most popular episodes now. Even more than that, I don't care about the popularity. I learned so yeah. much about that world. I was like, whoa, I had no idea. Like, You can learn so much just from one conversation that now for the rest of the time you're looking at Instagram, you might see it just a little bit differently. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I, I did. I listened to one of your episodes too, not to sidetrack too much, but I think it was a joint episode that you did with an entrepreneur, like podcasting thing. But uh, I did like that. Uh, you mentioned you're an entrepreneur because you are adverse to risk. Yeah. I was listening to that the other day and I was like, huh, that's, I never thought about it that way, but yeah, that's, that's definitely why I like to do things myself and do it my way. Exactly. I mean, how many times, like how many people, especially COVID is a great example is how many people thought they had a super secure, safe job and all of a sudden everything got taken away from them, you know? It's unfortunate, man. It's really unfortunate. It's terrible. And, you know, not to say like, oh, I told you so or anything. I don't mean it that way at all. It's just like I've learned the hard way that, you know, really nobody's going to care about you as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be as passionate about protecting you as you are. At least in the job world. Yeah, We're yeah, talking about the job yeah. world, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When it comes to work, you know, at the end of the day, it's business. And if somebody's got to let you go, they're going to let you go. Yeah. And it sucks, but that's just the way it is. So you got to look out for yourself. And I think doing things yourself, betting on yourself, you know, is in some ways the less risky thing to do, even though it doesn't seem that way. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it absolutely can be if you're, uh, if you have a passion for something. I think that's the other part is if you're having fun doing something, learn everything you possibly can about that. And even if it's a few different things, like I was thinking about as I, the other day, as I first, I have a four-year-old son. So I often play these scenarios in my head as he's growing up. What am I going to be? What, what is going to be my path of teaching him my wisdom. You know, what, 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 how can I get this across to him? And, you know, a lot of people ask, well, how did you 
pick up the base and become successful and stuff like that. Well, it's a long, arduous process. That's we could get into the weeds on that, but it'll take a little longer. But for me to basically bring it, break it down. And the way I would explain it to my son is to find one, two, three, four, five things that you really love and do all you can to learn as much of, about those different things. One of them will stand out above the rest or Better yet, you'll find a way that what are those four or five things in common that you could create a new way of thinking through them. And as long as you have the knowledge behind it and have done the studies and it's something you really care about, then that's, that's what's going to come across, the genuine, uh, the genuine love for it. I mean, and, I, and I, that's why I'm podcasting now because I'm genuinely love this. Is, I, this isn't a moneymaker for me. I'm, I'm, I, sure. I'm a, I'm, I've had a successful career with Avenged Sevenfold. Um, this is just fun for me. Yeah. I mean, and you don't show up every week for two years unless you love it because, yeah. you know, it is work. It's not, obviously it's not, you know, going to the coal mines, but mm -hmm. you know, it is work. So the passion definitely comes through. What tips would you have, you know, for so many people who are starting their own podcast or YouTube show or whatever, for someone who wants to do interviews, what suggestions would you have to them to make it a good experience for the person on the other side? You know, since you mentioned you'd had so many experiences that weren't great. Yeah. Anything to get away from the cookie cutter stuff really helps. And the one thing that I will say, you can't just force the non-cookie conversation either. You can't force it. Let it come naturally. Let, uh, if you have some ideas to it, don't just like, add a, you know, here's a bunch of straight questions. And all of a sudden, who's your favorite uh, nin Ninja Turtle or some shit like that? Well, then now yeah. I got to think outside that you put me in one spot for the last 20 minutes and now you're putting me in a different spot. You're not going to get a great answer. Let try and make the conversation. Yeah, you have points you want to talk about, but let it flow. Like that's the that that to me, that's the part I'm still learning is how to make a conversation flow um, and still get the points that you want to hit because you genuinely are curious about them. Don't think about like what someone who's listening to it later is going to go. Oh man, I really, I wish, I wish Johnny would have asked him about blah, 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 blah. I saw a lot of those comments earlier and stuff like that. And it's like, well, that's not what this is. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get everything. Ask every possible question that you possibly could. No, it's, it's about a conversation between two people. I, I encourage my guests when they come on to feel free to push things right back at me and let's make this a two-way conversation, not just me sitting here asking you a bunch of bullet points that frankly, I don't even, I wouldn't care about. I make bullet points to fall back on so that I know what I know a little bit more about the guests, especially when I don't have a relationship with them prior to, but for the most part, it, those are just there. So not only are they questions that I've created with my producer, so they're genuine, like, I don't know if you've ever answered this before. It doesn't matter. I'm going to, this is what I'm curious about your life. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a long way of going about be, uh, be genuine with your questions. Don't, don't worry about covering all, all these different bases. Just like be cognitive, be present in the conversation. Don't just sit there reading a bunch of stuff. Like if you see an opening when, when your guest is on the show and you know, it doesn't fit your bullet points. Just roll with it, man. Like be a, a little bit more cognitive of what's going on around you. It's rough when you can tell they're just reading a list of questions, you know, so you're like, well, and you know, that's when my dad died. And they're like, uh-huh. And uh, when's the new <laughs> album coming out? <laughs> oh, man, I've had some brutal ones. I've definitely over the years, I've had some, especially overseas when you have like the language barrier. I give them a little right. bit more of a break. But like, honestly, sometimes you're just like, is that really how you wanted to ask that? <laughs> well, you may not be able to confirm this because you may need to be nice, but my friends and I have a word for that European personality disorder. <laughs> I actually have not heard that one. I could, I could, uh, I, I, I could, I could say that I've met a few people that fit that bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's uh, especially, especially the European interviewers, I think can go down that route uh, pretty often. Yeah. It's pretty funny. So when I was listening to this uh, podcast, you were on the, a few days ago, you kept saying in the 90s, you were in like the zine. Yeah. Is that the cool way of saying magazines? I don't I don't understand. Like kind of. So a zine is it's short for fanzine. So it's like all the like shitty little like DIY photocopied ones that, you know, you might have seen when you were in high school. I think you're about say, a couple years younger than me, maybe. Mm hmm. But, you know, all the like little photocopied ones. So like very DIY, like homemade magazine, basically. OK, so that's how I would do it. Just kind of 
you know, make it in my bedroom, paste it up, you know, on a piece of paper and then find a way to either steal or get super cheap copies. Cause even, you know, I mean, I'm 16, I don't even have money to get it printed. So I just had to find a way to make that happen too. So that's how I got started. And, you know, it's the same thing as making a video, whether I'm making a a fanzine or a video, it's the same thing to me. That's awesome. What was the fanzine that you were making before? What was that? I mean, what was your specific niche or was there, was there a certain category you were putting out? Back then, what I wanted to do was cover the bands that I, that nope, that I was into that nobody else was talking about. And these are all like tiny, obscure, like underground hardcore bands and stuff. But even then, like, you know, they were selling thousands of records, which at that time was a lot and nobody was talking about them. And I just said, well, I guess I'll do it then, which is kind of the same thing I do with my, you know, my, my YouTube channel. And so I just started reaching out to bands like back then I'd write them a letter. Cause you know, this is before the internet as we know it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just write them a letter and say, Hey, I have this zine. Do you want to do an interview? And you know, then we would just do it. And, uh, so it's one of those things, like when you're younger, you take these kind of chances because you sort of don't, overthink it the way you might when you're older. Yeah. You know, you know, you're older, like, Oh, I'm not going to reach out. Like, why would he want to do this? You know, (laughs) but when you're 15, you're just like, "Eh, whatever, like you just do it. It's great to, it's great to try and keep some of that mentality though. Right. Cause I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Someone says, no, ah, shit, you're, you're in the same place you started at, you know, (laughs) or more than likely they just don't reply, which is fine. Yeah. That's yeah. You get ghosted as they say these days. Very rare that somebody says no. They usually just don't reply, <laughs> and that's not that's not so bad. No, that's not know? so bad. You would start interviewing. Where did you want to be somewhat of a journalist? Because I also heard you were like on the debate team and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're heavily into music, obviously too, and play guitar, as I as I understand yeah. it. So where did this? I I mean, you kind of touched upon a. I had no plan. I had no, the, the idea of like, what do you want to do with your life? When I was 15, that never crossed my mind. You just wanted to talk to <laughs> other musicians. <laughs> yeah. I just was like, I, you know, to your point about like, you know, being curious in an interview, I just had questions that I wanted answered about these bands. Like I, I want to know the following 10 things about this band and nobody else is, is getting these answers. So I guess I'll just do it. That that's, that's it. And it ended up being, you know, a skill set that served me well later in life, but I didn't have any kind of plan or anything like that, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. Cause it, it sounds like you would be like, Oh, I'm going to be a, a journalist. I'm, I'm going after this as a, as a career. Then it obviously changed. And I know you mentioned you were doing blogs before. Now you've got the yeah. very successful YouTube channel where I will say there is, I want to get back to one of the videos I watched. Cause I just watched a couple of videos and one of them was, was it a uh, Virgin or Chad? What, 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 what was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we were like yeah. one of the top like eight, Chad, Chad bands. bands. Yeah. And I was like, should I be offended by this? I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't, not at all. I mean, so well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask about because it's so interesting. So uh, my wife is a super fan and I like the band a lot too. And I remember when you guys came out, you know, back then, like in the, you know, Waking the Fallen days, you guys were a gay emo band, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And in the eyes of whatever, the people that have opinions, right? Well, now it's 2021. It's, uh, I mean, you, you, you can't, you, you can't uh, pigeonhole us that way. Like, uh, that. Well, and, that, and now, <laughs> a couple years later, you became, you know, meathead jock metal. Oh, man. How do you go from one extreme to the other in just a couple years without really changing anything other than maybe the way you dress a little bit? It's so funny. Is, you know what's funny about it is the perception. It's not who we are. We never changed anything. We're still right. like we grew up together. I mean, like literally, I've known, I've known the rest of the guys since I was in second grade, or I think they were actually in second grade, which put me in like kindergarten at the time. Um, they were actually close friends with one of my older brothers, and uh, that's how I how I met the guys. And so we've known each other. We've all grown up right here in Huntington Beach and known each other forever. So it's always funny to me when people speculate like, oh, this is why they think this way. This is why they think that way. I was like, no, dude, like we're just, there's <laughs> a bunch of guys hanging out and love who love music. And yeah, we love sports too. And the funniest one though, is when everyone considered us like some emo band because we wore a uh, guy liner, as I like to say. Yeah. And to us, we were like, I, I, we didn't know what emo was. I mean, like we're, I, we're not emo. I, I don't even know. I don't sure. really know what that means because we wear eyeliner and makeup. Well, our influences came from eyeliner and makeup, like the misfits, you know, some punk rock bands, right. AFI, maybe a little bit, I guess you could, maybe they were a little emo punk rock, but when 
or they became, but when, when we were influenced by them in the mid nineties, they were, they were far from that. They were just a straight punk punk rock band playing the clubs around here in LA. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's funny. So I watched that video and I was like, people thought we were emo. I didn't even cross my mind. Cause I'm just like, I, I don't, because we wore eyeliner and makeup, like we were emo. And yes. I, I guess that, I guess that's, the, that's the other it. thing is like the way that the music has changed. A lot of people go like, well, how did they change their sound so fast? You got to realize we've been doing this since 1999. You're not 17 anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> the band was formed while uh, all the members were still in high school. I don't even, in 99, I think I just became a freshman in high school while the rest of the guys were forming the band. Man, you grow up. I mean, that's just, that's just the reality of life and you learn things along the way. So all these progressions that we've had, all these changes have literally just been us and our fan base growing together. And that's what's made it so great. And I know that that's why we have such a great connection with our fans is because we've grown with them. They've grown with us, you know, like right. we were started so young and learned so much from all, all the other bands that we toured with. I mean, the warp tours we were on some of the other bands like mushroom head that took us out on uh, earlier on and touring with our friends and 18 visions back in the day in the hardcore scenes. And like, we just, we played with so many different acts and we learned so much from the different genres. And, and it wasn't because we, we didn't play with the different acts because we're like, Oh, we, well, we could fit in there. It was like, no, I'm, I'm fans of the, of these guys. This is cool. Sure. Let's go out and, cause we're eclectic. And that's like the other thing that everyone wants to pigeonhole or like have a category for us, I guess. And it's, I mean, and I've heard all of them over the years, don't get me wrong. And, and it's fair to, for people to try and uh, come up with a category for it, but people want to do that. They want to be able to label things. Yeah. And and it's fine. I, I take no offense to any of it. I find it, I find it very funny. Cause I'm just like, I guess, but then we have like a country song and a ballad and a queen and a Boingo Boingo song, a dream right. Peter style song. We have like all these things. Just, and that's just our, our influences, our passions and what we're into coming out. You know, that's just, we don't think about any of that stuff. It's not like, oh, we're making a conscious decision. We're gonna see. That's the chat energy. <laughs> so, I, so it's it's so chat is just being uh, being confident in who you are. Yeah, the virgin. Okay. You know, the virgin is in his head and overthinking everything, getting in his own way oh, all the time. So I get it now. So you know? they, they've the the internet has come up with new ways to to call introverts something and exactly. extroverts something else. Okay, I <laughs> more, <get> or <laughs> more or less, more or less. The the definitions weren't good enough. The internet had to change them. Okay, I get it now. Right. So the point of that video was like you know just to have fun, but <laughs> the serious point there was kind of like, hey, if you're watching this, you know, a lot of us probably are in our own head a little bit too much mm -hmm. and probably overthink things a little bit, you know, maybe it would be good to just kind of take a page from the Florida Georgia line book and uh, maybe just loosen up a little bit, have a little bit of fun. Like just don't be so uptight. And I say that to myself as much as I do anybody else, but yeah, that's the, that's the chat energy. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's also funny because I could understand why people would be a little curious about that too. Cause like, how is it so different? Why is there such a different vibe? Like from one song to the next? Well, there's five different guys in the band with five different opinions and five different things. We all voice our opinions and some of us are introverts and some of us are extroverts and it, and it's, you know, you got, that's how you get kind of a little bit of both of those energies, I guess, because it's very true to our dynamic. I mean, our guitar players uh, can be, can be extroverts at times, but for the most part, when you know them as a person, they're very introverted. Whereas guys like myself and shadows are pretty extroverted. Like we're, we, we enjoy getting to meet new people and having, uh, having a lot of fun, just going out and partying and stuff. So. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs. But what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. 
New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Well, you guys are real students of the game with music too, which a lot of people might not know this, but you know, it's normal in a band that there's really only one or two people in the band that are super passionate about the craft of music. Like that's not unusual. You know, if there's one or two people that kind of drive the music and the other people in the band just kind of show up and play. That's pretty normal, but you guys are all very engaged. I I was really, I enjoyed those. um, I don't know what you called them, but basically like the unboxings that you guys did. Oh, the breakdowns on the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was really cool to see and made me really, you know, kind of understand where you guys were coming from in a way that uh, I didn't before. And I was like, I mean, even the fact that you know how to press play in Pro Tools puts you ahead of a lot of bands. (laughs) Ouch. Uh, But yeah, we've always been, we're still uh, uh, students of music and, and fuck, man, students of life. I mean, that's, it sounds cliche or whatever, but it, you, I'm just a student of life. I'm, I'm constantly trying to learn new things, um, whether it be in music or, or the otherwise, but especially in music, man. I mean, there's so much more to, to untap with, with new technologies, new sounds, people really venturing out in, into the world because Western music is 12 notes. Right. 12 notes. And uh, you got to you got to work with you got to be creative with those 12 notes. And there's a lot of cool new ways to be creative with that. It's really exciting. You, As long as you keep up with the with the new things you're, you're and study and uh, continue to be a student, you're going to you're going to find some cool shit to do. And uh, that's what we've always wanted to do. I mean, we're, we're very I, I'm glad you pointed out we're very passionate about music. I mean, I'm a po- I, I do podcasting now and I, I have a lot of fun with it. I have a, I have a, a strong uh, respect for people like you who have done it for, for a while. And I think there's a certain art to it. Absolutely. But music's always my main thing like that. That will always be my main thing. Eventually will always be my main occupation or not even just occupation, my main focus. You know, that's, that's, that's the main, that's the main thing. Yeah. Well, it seems like you guys got like a second wind when Brooks joined the band and like, it seemed like the stage was, you know, in a lot of ways, like your most experimental kind of just feel felt like you're like, Hey, let's try a bunch of new shit <laughs> in a cool way. I mean, like what's the exist? Is that the super long one? Yeah. That's the, that's the finale on the album. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's probably the coolest thing you guys have ever done. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, making that record was, was fun and challenging at the same time because we were purposely challenging, challenging ourselves to do something different. We've done the hail to the King thing at that point where we're, bare bones let's focus on the on the riffs and that was very challenging in its own way for us not to put 10 guitar tracks and (laughs) 6,000 more vocal tracks on top of on top of these riffs was very hard for us and try to make sure that they can stand alone that was that was something that was not in our wheelhouse up to that point 
and this goes back to earlier in this conversation, where I talk about evolving, like we've just grown up. I mean, that's just the reality of it. When we did uh, the last time we did more of an experimental album was the white album with the rev. And that was in 2007. I think I was all of 22 years old at the time. Like this was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. People underestimate how much like life experience plays a role in making music. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we become friends with, uh, with Lars from Metallica over the years. And one of the things that, uh, we took away from something that he said early on was like, when you're writing and, and you're, you're, you're doing your thing, you're doing it in that moment. Don't think about what you did before. Don't think about what you're doing, what it's going to do later. Like write for yourself, right from that spot right there that you're in. And I really, I think we really kind of took that to heart over the years. Like this is, what am I into right now? We were listening to a lot of hip hop in on that white album. We were listening to a lot of hip hop mm-hmm. and we put in, it was our first time we were really experimenting with 808s and, and beats. And those grills. And grills. Yeah. We threw in grills. <laughs> I think we single-handedly ruined grills for everybody, but uh, <laughs> it was, it was a fun time. I mean, again, we were young and experimenting. Uh, we came up. People take and, that stuff so seriously. They get so angry. Like, oh, they're wearing grills in the video. Whatever, man. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like what do you want me to tell you? Day? What do you want me to tell you? We're having a good time. Like we're yeah. coming off of a off of a platinum record in City of Evil, uh, sitting on top of the world, doing things we never thought we'd imagine. Being Why able not to do. wear a fucking grill in your video? Dude, we, and we became friends with Paul Wall. He came out to one of our shows, and we were hanging out with him. And he's like, "Dude, we had a blast. We're having some drinks with him backstage." And then uh, when we were going through one of his spots, he's like, "You got to come by." And did you ever meet Johnny Dang? No, I don't think I did. No, no I don't that, think I did. That's uh, that's I think he's I think he's Paul Wall's business partner. He's the guy that owns like the grill store, like in the mall or whatever that he always raps about. Yeah. You know what? It wasn't I don't I didn't personally meet Johnny. Um, somebody else. Might have. I, I met Paul and his and his mom actually was helping out at the shop. Oh, OK. I'm a huge fan of Paul and Johnny. Yeah. No, they're, they're great dudes. And that's part of it, too. Like a lot of people, again, assume things when they see, oh, they're just jumping on a trend or something like that. And it's like, well, no, there's a story to it. Like we were yeah. we were hanging out with a dude. We befriended him, thought it, what he was doing was fun and cool and went with it. You know, like there's always there's a lot of uh, I guess there's a lot of perceptions about this band that are just kind of based out of not knowing the stories behind it, you know? And I guess for a long time, it, it made sense because we were pretty closed about stuff and we still are. We still like to keep that mystique. You know, I don't want to, mm-hmm. don't want to completely get rid of that. You know, the, the world has changed over the years. So it's a lot easier to tell these stories and like give a little bit of context to what was going on at the time. Well, I, I'd like to ask a piece of advice for you um, since you guys have always, I think, been very good at challenging your audience you know, you do stuff that they don't like at first and then and then it takes them a while and they catch up and then they understand it and they like it again. And and I'm much newer to that than you are. I sometimes feel like I can't take creative chances like, well, I want to make this kind of video, but I don't think my audience is going to like it. And so I don't let myself do it. What advice would you have for me or anybody else who is kind of afraid of challenging their audience like that? First of all, get some chat energy as we were talking about. <laughs> exactly. No, um. In all honesty, I think you just, it, it might be easier said than done. This is going to sound a little bad, but uh, fuck it. It comes a little bit more naturally to me to just kind of say, screw it. This is what I want to do. And I think you, you kind of have to have that mentality. Here's the deal. If you've created something that you love, like you love, there are other people out there that will love it too. There's enough people in this in this world these days and you can reach all of them. I mean, you guys want platinum making the weirdest shit. <laughs> Like Avenged Sevenfold is a fucking weird band. Yeah, I with get that. five or seven minute long songs, and you guys went plant platinum. That is proof. Well, we're not weird to ourselves. We listen to that and go like, we work on it, work on it, work on it until it's something that we love. But you know what I'm, you know what I mean. Like you guys have never dumbed it down or like, and and when you when you did go more simple, even that was more. That was a a, a chance that you took. Yeah, if you want to be creative, you got to keep being creative, I guess. You got to let the creativity flow. Don't stifle it. You can't. And the other thing is like, if you think about, you definitely want to consider your audience in some aspects and because you appreciate them. Like we are very much appreciate our, our fan base. It's, we're not here without them. The the normal shit that everyone says is very true. The reason why everyone says it's because it's fucking true. Um, But you can't create to that audience. That doesn't work. You, you create for yourself. You create for what you know you you love and you know is good in your heart, like whatever. And people are going to critique it. That's that's the whole point of creating an art, podcasting, drawing a piece of paper, 
putting out zines, whatever it may be. That's what, that's, that's what art is. You put it out there and you wait for the critique. You don't write for the critic. You know, that, 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 right. that would never work. You're trying to reverse engineer something that is inherently not the case. You can't do it. It doesn't work. Physically impossible. <laughs> right. <laughs> At least to come up with a good product, in my opinion. And you can't sweat if someone's going to like, so what's the worst that happens? You put something out, it doesn't perform well. Like, let's just bring it to YouTube videos. I mean, especially for YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's really the downside is almost nothing as opposed to an album. You spent a lot of money on it. You spent two years on it. That's a little bit more of a commitment. A YouTube video, it's like, well, next week there's another one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so YouTube videos are, are different, as you pointed out. But the I think you could still take a lot of the philosophies from it. That's something that I, I've enjoyed in doing this this project is don't sweat it. You know, like if it's something you watch or listen to and or have created and you're like, you know what, I'm feeling this, you know, I don't care if any, then you then you get the confidence, you get that chat mm -hmm. and you go, <laughs> That's right. and you go, man, you know what, I like this. I, fuck it. I'm putting it out. The virgin YouTuber only does what he's certain his audience will love. The Chad YouTuber does whatever the fuck he wants and <laughs> knows that somebody out there will love it as much as he does. Well, look, it's and 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 back to uh, you saying you know you're you're adverse to risk and that's why you're not entrepreneur. I think you can you can use this in in that too. So you're scared of alienating the audience, basically. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to. You're, you're scared of alienating your audience. Then you're not creating. You're, you know what I mean? Right, like you're, right. you're actually, you're playing scared is actually not. It's not smart. The words are not coming to me. I should be better at this by now, but I'm not. Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, this is the part. I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to talk and become a, a podcaster. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 true. You, scared money don't make money, as they, as they say. There you go. That's a good way to put yeah. it. Well, on that note, I'm, I'm today, I'm making the video that I've been wanting to do for a long time. I'm pretty sure a lot of my audience won't like it, but I'm making it about Rock of Love because I love that show. <laughs> and this is a story that needs to be told about why Rock of Love is great and amazing. I've, so I'm just gonna I fucking agree. Do it. You got it, dude. Just put it out. I'll watch it. It'll be fucking awesome. There you go. Well, that, that's the whole point, though. I, going back to the fact that I said, if you love it, there's going to be someone else in the world that loves it, too. That's not a scared thing. That's a mathematical fact. Yep. If you want to think about it naturally, if you just had 0.05% of the entire population liked one little thing you did, you know how many people that is? That is hundreds of millions. Probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's insane if you really think about it. So like, don't worry about it. I also, I, I'm about to release an episode with um, this YouTube creator, King Vader, who's now gone on to direct things for Netflix and kids only 22 years old. He's killing oh, wow. it. Um, and he is so wise beyond his years. He was telling me, he's like, dude, he's like, you can't worry about the views. Don't worry about the views when you're putting stuff out. They'll come. Just keep doing what, you, what, you, yeah. what you're having fun and, and are passionate about and don't worry about that stuff. If you're really passionate about it and genuine about it, that shit will come. Don't worry about it. I think that's true. Well, I have a couple specific questions for you just that I've wondered over the years. First of all, being, are you aware of the like Avenged Sevenfold hipsters who say that Sounding the Seventh Trumpet is the best album? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I, I don't know if I'd call them hipsters, but yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> What are your thoughts on that? I guess on that album in particular and whether that is the best release in your catalog. <laughs> well, it's not my favorite release because I wasn't on that album. But uh, no, that, that was kind of a joke. Uh, no, I mean, the reality is music is, is very opinionated, right? It's very opinionated based. Like you're, you love that, that, love that album. Maybe you didn't follow us through the journey that a lot of our other fans did. And for whatever reason, it, the rest of them didn't speak to you. I can't change that. I mean, like, and that's fine. I'm glad at least you love one record. Like, that's, yeah. that's great. You love one thing that we did when we were 17, 18 years old. That's, that's great. Uh, and more power to you. We've grown up since then. That's basically all I can say is like, a lot of people we heard early on. We, it's kind of gotten past this. I don't hear it as much as I used to. Of When we've changed our sounds over the years, it's been, oh, they're, it's, they're selling out. They're doing this or doing that. And it's like. No, we're just we're just writing the next thing that we want to write. You know, it's we're not going to keep writing the same thing. That's just not our mo. There's a lot of bands right. out there that have had ex very awesome, successful careers doing that, and more power to them. Nothing but respect. But that's not us. And at the moment we try to be somebody that's not us, then we're not being we're not having fun with this anymore. Well, and to me, the same fingerprint is there. Like 
even from the I would say especially starting with like Waking the Fallen, but it sounds like the same band to me the whole time. You know, obviously it's evolved, but it doesn't sound like a different band to me. Yeah, well, the reality is, and we joke about it too, is like when we when we have ideas, we might we might say, yeah, it, it's kind of like this, but through the the Avenged Sevenfold filter, because we'll take we'll take ideas, we'll take inspirations from all over the place, not just music, but just inspirations from all over the place. But once we run it through our own filter and you hear Matt's voice on it or you hear Sinister Gates or Zachy playing a solo on it or you hear the bombastic drums going crazy, that's our signature. That's But that's, right. that's only our signature because that's who we are. It's not our signature because we manufactured it and we're like, well, this is how we're going to do it. It's like, no, let's just, let's just be us. and have. When you guys get in a room together and make shit, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, it comes from, I, I don't know, we're on the punk rock NBA. Um that comes from our, a lot of our influences in the 90s. We were all punk rockers. We all had punk rock bands, punk rock garage bands playing parties uh, around HB anytime we could, um, playing the Huntington Beach Library. I mean, there's some songs on Sounding the Seventh Trumpet, back to that, that were songs that were written for other punk bands that, we re- re-ima- that were reimagined for Sounding the Seventh Trumpet, basically to fill up track titles like i mean like that that i think jimmy recorded that the drums on that record in like a day or two and like i mean it was done up in hollywood i think the totality of the record might have taken two weeks i mean mixed mastered everything so i mean it's great that people love it as much as they do i mean i had a that was the first songs i ever played with avenge sevenfold were a lot of those songs and i'm very very fond memories of that album and still to this day i think they're great songs on there but we've also come a long way since then, just naturally. I mean, I guess yeah. it's the only thing I could say, but I appreciate that you at least love that record. Yeah, well, that's a good way to look at it. You know, I try to think of the same thing. If someone says that I liked something that I made, that they like something I made a long time ago that I don't think is great, um, you know, I try to just be grateful that anybody likes anything I made at any point, you know, because most people... You know, most people never get to a point where anybody sends them a message saying, hey, I really like that thing you made. So I'm grateful that anyone gives a shit at all. Yeah. People have too much negativity in this world is what I'm learning, like over as I'm getting older and older and grayer and grayer. There's a lot of negativity out there in the world. And it's just it's it's unnecessary. I guess that's the extrovert or chat in me that just kind of is I can easily brush it aside. But for me, I've just, I've never wanted to be around people like that on a, on a, yeah. on a personal level. Of course you run into people like that and you quickly realize you're just kind of negative about everything. I'm going to keep my distance from you. Yeah. More power to you. If that's the way you want to live your life, everyone could live their life. However the fuck they want, just don't fuck with each other. I'm good with it, but I'm still not going to be around you as much if I don't have to be. Yeah. I'm with you on that. That kind of, I, I think of it the same as like being around someone with like a cold you know, like if you're sitting next to someone on a plane and they're like coughing and sneezing, it's like, you know, if I hang out here long enough, I'm going to get infected <laughs> no matter how hard I try to, you know, but it's the same thing with like, oh, I was, I was just, uh, yeah, it's absolutely. But I'm just laughing at the analogy right now as we're, as we're uh, yeah, fresh into right. uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic. Year two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not very fresh anymore, I should say. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's the same thing. I mean, you wouldn't hang around somebody that was sick like that. And I, I feel the same way about people with like shitty negative energy. No matter how hard I try to resist, if I'm around you long enough, your energy is going to infect me, whether it's positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And if it's negative, I'm going to get the fuck away from you as soon as I can. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of time in my opinion here. So I'm just like, yep. I'd rather I'd rather spend my time here around the ones that I love having fun. If that makes other people happy too, great. That's, you know, that's, that's part of it. I don't think it does, but if it does, good for you. you Exactly. Like whatever it is. But for me, I enjoy being with loved ones, having conversations, having some drinks, enjoying life as best as I can and living it to the fullest as best I can. What I think is the fullest. It might be different than somebody else's, but you know, having, having some drinks on the beach and surfing and, fucking jamming a little bit and that's that's all i care about man pretty hard to argue with that <laughs> well the last question i had uh so you know i know a lot of people in bands but i don't think i know too many people other than blasco that have kind of made it to the level that you have what is different at you know that festival kind of level as opposed to you know bands playing i'd say a 2000 cap like you know, good sized venue. What's different when you get to that like real 
top of the food chain in the rock world? Oh man. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things there. I would say, I mean, as far as the playing the shows, it's just more people. I mean, it seems, seems like that's the simple logical. <laughs> it's just more people. It's a bigger show. It's more people. That's it. I'd say behind the scenes, it's like you're playing later. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of other things to try and fill your day with. Yeah. Obviously, you have a bigger crew and you're you're responsible for. See, that's the other thing a lot of people don't understand is at, at a certain level, you become responsible for other people's livelihood. That's a lot of pressure. That's that's pressure. You don't you don't necessarily think you wanted or needed, you know, but it, it's going to happen if you if you get to a certain level, there is pressure on you for other people's livelihood, not just people's entertainment. There's also right. there's, there's another element in that. And you become more aware of that as you get older. And like even down families. to like the hot dog vendor. Yeah, no, literally everybody involved, like literally the, the, the guy telling you where to park and taking your ticket and shit, like literally ev- down yep. to everything. And that's, I mean, that's become more and more apparent over the last you know year and a half. Everyone's mm-hmm. realizing they're like, oh shit, I never thought about that, about that guy, that gentleman that was bringing me a hot dog in the stands while I was watching a, you know, a Laker game. I was kind of mm-hmm. snickering to my friends about him. Like that guy's just fucking living his life too. It's a human being just doing the best he can with what he's got. Yeah. And you know, whatever that is, it's so you, you become a little bit more aware of that, I think. And I think that comes with maturity too. Maybe not just the size of the band that, that might be different, but a little bit of maturity starts to go there. Other than that, like, I guess more people, more fun for me going back to the extrovert that I am. Like I, I genuinely, I, I love uh, a smaller intimate crowd too. Cause usually I get a little drunker then. Cause I think it's a little bit more fun, a little bit more intimate, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, the bigger stage is like, it's just more people, more, more party. The fact that you're standing in front of so many people that love what you're doing, you kind of pinch yourself every once in a while, to be honest. And then you look down and you see the genuine happiness of these people. And then you're like, that's what it's all about. I don't, and they're all getting along. It's not a bunch of people mm-hmm. like, you know, fucking with each other all the time, you know, where we've come through hardcore scenes like that, where there was, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that people just showcase hitting each other over the head with yeah, fucking because, grocery dividers. Because you like the band that went on before their favorite band. <laughs> and then now you suck. And like, I don't know. It's there. I'm thankful for a lot of things in the, in the underground scenes. And one of them is that there has been more of a camaraderie I've seen over the years where back in, I mean, shit, when I was a kid in the 90s, it was bad. And then you talk to someone who was fucking talking about it when they're in the 70s and 80s. Oh, God, I can and imagine they're, they're, that. They're looking at, at us like little pony boys, you know, like, but like. That like L.A. punk scene back then sounds terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you you really had to, you really had to want to like that music at that time. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, even. Risk your life for yeah, it. Yeah. And even when we were kids growing up through through the different scenes that we did and saw, um, it's, it's definitely nice to see that that uh, is kind of softened a bit. I, I won't say it's completely yeah. gone, I'm sure. And I, I couldn't speculate because I haven't been to a lot of uh, shows in the scenes in, in a, quite some time. But um, from what I've heard and what, I, what, what I've seen on, um, on socials and stuff like that, there's not this division of, of uh, genre and um, in bands that there used to be. Right. Kind of, everyone's starting to realize like you could be a fan of music in general. Like, that's how I grew up. I was one day I'd be wearing a Metallica shirt, next day a Rancid shirt. Uh, that wasn't allowed at the time, you know. No, it sure wasn't. No, but like that's what I was. I was Which sound, probably sounds ridiculous to people now. Yeah, now like, it why, makes no why, sense. Yeah. Like, why would any? Why would you get shit for that in middle school? Well, then I threw on a Primus shirt. Then I started singing Barbie Girl. Like I, like, I loved Aqua. You know, like it was. It's all over the place. You know, I grew up on Michael Jackson and Jimi Hendrix. So my grandfather brought me up on on glenn miller i'm just i'm just a i'm a fan of the art of music whatever whatever it is whatever genre that speaks to me cool well i'm sure you got a lot of other stuff going on so uh, i want to be respectful of your time Thank you, man. Appreciate uh, it. but thanks again for coming on uh, any words of wisdom or anything else i mean obviously people should check out your show drinks with johnny yeah now on the uh, STM podcast network. That's right. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Any other words of wisdom? Or? Uh, I don't have any words of wisdom. That's not really my forte, but uh, check out uh, the Shakes of Johnny. Is that, uh, we have those every Monday. And now that we're streaming on all the same podcast uh, platform as uh, Punk Rock NBA, thank you so much for having me. And uh, we should have another chat sometime down the line on my show. I'd love to have you come on and really pick your pick your brain on uh, on some marketing stuff because I know you, you, you're kind of the guru on that. 
So I'd love to. Uh, I try. I'd like to dive into that. N- enough of this music bullshit. Let's let's dive into. Oh, some, yeah. Let's dive into some other fun stuff. Come over and uh, maybe we'll have a drink or something. Anytime. I can talk about that all day long. I'll come to you. I, I love coming to Seattle. I go to Seattle pretty often. So I'll come to you and we'll, we'll do it. Uh, we go to Orange County pretty often, too. So either way, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen, man. I appreciate it. Cool. Take care. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>